You guys could turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. No atonement without sacrifice. And the title for just our time of diving into God's word today. I mean, we all know that Jesus, his death was to take away our sins. We got the opportunity, as Chris had prayed uh, earlier, we had the opportunity to celebrate, celebrate Jesus' birth for Christmas. But as he mentioned, he had a life that followed that birth, a death and a resurrection. He paid the ultimate price so that we can be here today. And at what cost? His life. We no longer have to sacrifice our own animals, goats, cattle. You think about the pet lovers out there. We don't have to sacrifice our dog for our sins. And amen for that. Amen. You're like, hey, you're going to take me, Lord, right? Don't take Sparky. But how God, he had a plan. And it used, and he used his most prized possession. You think about that word atonement. You know, some of the terms that come to mind, you know, you got scapegoat, you got appropriation. A reparation of an offense or an injury. The scripture we're going to look at is talking about how Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. The sins, the individual sins that we've done over the years, over and over again. He is the scapegoat. He is the one that took on the pain that we caused to God. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, verse 9 through 11, uh, you have John, he's, he's describing not only love, but what that love is based on, which is the atoning sacrifice. And if you can read along with me, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, what, we sh what should we do? We also should love one another. You know, this atoning sacrifice this plan that God had at the very beginning, and sometimes we can think about it nonchalantly. Oh, yeah, Jesus, he, he died for the world. He died for the sins of, you know, all those crazy people we read about on the Internet. The, the, the stories, the highlight stories on the news. Yes, he died for those people. But I come to tell you that he died for my sin. He died for my pride. My selfishness. He would not have had to come down to earth if it wasn't for the different ways that we destroy the relationships among us. And it's sobering to think about it, but in the same sense, it's like, okay, well, he's, he's done with it now. He's in heaven. He's at the right hand of God now. Now we get an opportunity 
to respond. And one of the things that is toughest for me to grasp, and we're talking about that uh, in our group a little bit, is how God, he's, he's not like us, right? You know, we're made in his image, but we're trying to be more like him. We're trying, we're, we're in the sanctification process right now as we follow Jesus. But God, he don't hold grudges like we hold grudges at times. And I think about, especially for his children, think about this. Even though my sin, your sin, put Jesus on the cross, Paul talks about in his letter to Ephesians that Jesus sees us like a husband should see a wife as blameless, as without stain and without wrinkle. You get that? Jesus, even though we put him on the cross, and you think people have done lesser than that to us that we don't talk to right now. But Jesus says, no, I still see you because of my blood, because of that baptism we saw earlier on the video. I see you without stain, without wrinkle. Isn't that awesome? You think about that. I mean, really, he, he sees you better than any other person that sees you. Your children, after Christmas, he sees you better than them. You know, if you're chasing after your future spouse, he sees you better than them. He sees you as a prized possession. This is the atoning sacrifice that we get to actually have a relationship with, amen? That we actually get to follow that, that he wants to have a relationship. So how do we respond to Jesus' sacrifice? It just talked about in verse 11 that we just read that since he loved us, we should go and love others. But what does that look like? In 1 John, so the chapter right before, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, listen to what the writer said. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down, laid down his life for who? For us. What should we do? We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And this is what I want to spend our time with today is looking at two aspects of that laying down. How we should sacrifice our material possessions that God has given us. But even more importantly, we must sacrifice our spiritual possessions that God has given us. You know, in verse 17 of 1 John chapter 3, it says, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth, actions and truth, not just telling, not just saying, oh, yes, I'll be with you, brother. I'll be with you, sister. He says, no, I want you to put your feet and really go after what you see. You know, you think about these spiritual possessions, you think or the material possessions here. And that's one thing I love about this church is that when we find out when people has needs, 
You know, we're quick to say, okay, how can I help? You know, be it helping someone. You know, I think about J.C. and Cormie got married about a month ago. They needed some help with the reception. People said, hey, I got you. You know, I want you to be worried about just getting married. <laughs> I don't want you to think about who's going to be serving the beans, right? <laughs> and just how people, when they hear the needs, they look for the opportunity to step up and to give to God in his kingdom. And I think about even Romans chapter 12, verse 13, where it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. And then practice hospitality. And how this sharing, you think about community. And one of the things that, that's scary, but it's, I mean, it's just the way things are. Is that a lot of times communities don't come together until when? A tragedy happens. We have to have something, an act of God or an act of evil from someone for us to realize that, wait a second, we got people surrounding us. We got people that we could share life with. We got people that we could share the love of Christ with. But sometimes a tornado has to hit. A hurricane needs to hit. I was talking, to a, talking with a gentleman earlier today. And he was talking about these two communities in New Orleans back when Katrina hit. You know, some, was that 2008? Uh, Ten years ago now. Time flies. But one of the reasons why the levees had broke is because the tax money that the people were given, they weren't used for what they were supposed to be used for. But then you had the levees break. And similar to what we saw on the news, and havoc wreaked in New Orleans. But we're talking specifically about two neighborhoods. Two neighborhoods, one was predominantly white, one was predominantly black. And even during this tragedy, they were slow to help each other out. They were slow to see deeper than skin deep. And I think about now, you know, we, we look around this room and we got plenty of variety in this room. And amen for that. How is God calling us to deepen our communities right now? You know, because a lot of times we exist with one another. But I know at least with, with myself, I don't take the time to go deeper with one another. Because that's one thing we, we learn well as walking with Jesus, that, hey, we, we, we can talk about the awesome things that he's doing. But then we can be slow about talking about how he's really trying to prune our character. About how I'm really doing with my relationship with my wife. Or how I haven't talked to my, talked to my adult son in years. And we have all these things that on the outside, we, we look fine, but then when we go deeper, we forget. Wait a second. Wait a second. There's more that's happening right now. And we get this opportunity. I, I love Romans 12, 13, because it says practice hospitality. Have people in. Share life with one another. Not just share your food. Please do that. But share life 
with one another. Because, guys, things are happening in this world right now that you're not just going to tell to anybody. You're going to tell it to people that you know that love you, that want to heal, that want to help, that want to pray with you, that want to share whatever they have to be able to help you get out of whatever funk that we may be in. And God, he's chosen us to be be those people. He's chosen you to ask that question, hey, how was Christmas? What was it like being with family? Sometimes it's not a joyous time. Sometimes you're like, oh, man, I had to go be with my family, right? Because they they are ridiculing me if I don't. But I know every time I come, I got to take two communions, right? (laughs) Jesus, help me, please. But how God, he wants to use this community to help us. Because what ends up happening when we don't share it, we get this little seed in our heart. And our heart gets a little harder. We go another week. We take communion, or we don't. We have a fellowship break. We might share about it. We may not. We hear a sermon. We hear the word of God. We may respond. We may not. Then our heart gets a little harder. And you look up months, years later, and the gospel is not good news anymore. God says, I have a plan to to combat that. And we just read about it. Is that we're going to share everything that we have with those that are in need. What happens when you're sharing? Or what needs to happen so that you can share? You got to find out what the needs are. And if I don't know you, I'm not going to know your needs, right? If I don't spend time with you, I'm not going to know that you need help finding a job. I'm not going to know you'll need help how to lead your wife or how to raise your kids. If we don't spend time together, we miss those things. But what happens when we are spending time together? People find out, oh, wait, you need this? Oh, yeah, I got three of those. Yeah, I, I got you, man. Oh, yeah, you, you need a car? Oh, yeah, you know this brother over here? He says he's ready to get rid of this car. How much money you got? Oh, well, here, go ahead and take it. We'll put you on some payments. <laughs> <laughs> but how when we're together and when we're living out community together, people need to be in there. Now think about our Bible talks, our small groups. Do you feel that close with those that are in your Bible talk? Where you know their needs, they know your needs because we're that close. Because we are spending time together, not because it's on the calendar of the church calendar. No, it's because I want to hang out with you. I want to hang out with Ivan because he's going to show me some new technology that I've never seen before. And we're going to talk about what it is raising girls. Or I'm going to talk and hang with Ron and talk about what's life like after college. All these little things 
that when we stop getting together, we miss. And I know one of the things we're doing with our small group is like, okay, we, we want to meet every week. I know we our calendar may say, hey, let's meet a couple times a month, but I know with me, I need to be around disciples as much as I, I can. I don't know if you guys are like me, but if I go a week, two weeks, three weeks without talking with a disciple, which I don't know if it's ever happened before, <laughs> now that I think about it, but we start getting stale, guys. You know, when, you, when the only person you look at is yourself, you, you start getting a little ashy, <laughs> right? I'm just going to use that word, ashy. You know, you need some help. And if you don't know what ashy means, come talk to me afterward. I'll I help you out on that. But when, we, when we're in our own little cocoon, things get crazy. We start thinking things that just, you're like, really? You, you thinking that? You're like, we need each other, guys. That's my point. I need you. You need me. So let's get together and make it happen. And go back and talk with your groups and figure out how can we get together more often. Not just to get together and eat food. So that we can go deeper in our relationship with God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. When we do get together more often, this is a heart that we want to have. Do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather... In humility, value others above yourself. Not looking at your own interests, but of the interests of others. And you think about that type of time together. Where I'm hanging out with the teens and all I'm thinking about is not me. I think about, oh man, how can I encourage these people? You know, what can, what can I talk about? Hey, let's, hey, hey Markowitz boys, let's go to the movies. Let's go see Aquaman. They're like, hey, man, I, I can't go because I'm asleep right now, <laughs> right? I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, I'm awake now. I'm ready. Let's go. Because I'm thinking about you as opposed to what am I going to do. And you think about all of us. If we get together and not think about what am I going to get out of this, but what can I give, that sounds like that picture of heaven where you know, you, you got the contrast of heaven and hell. And everyone has forks that are about this long on their hands, right? And it's too long to, to eat in hell. And so everybody is frustrated. They're trying to eat the gumbo or they're trying to eat. And the, the forks are too long to eat it. Then you go to heaven. They got the same utensils and what's happening. They're feeding each other. They're giving back to each other. They're like, okay, yeah, I might can't feed myself, but I can feed yours. I can feed Monroe. You know, I can feed Janae. And now if everyone is thinking that, what happened? We were all taken care of. And it starts with the humility. It starts with us thinking about others above ourselves. So when we're sharing our material possessions and sacrificing our material, because sometimes we don't want to sacrifice, right? Like, no, I, I want all the DVDs I own, all 150. I don't want to lend them out. I don't want to do any of that. But God is like, hey, when you have a lot, and that is a lot, it's time to share it, amen? 
But the last way I want to touch on is sacrificing our spiritual possessions. You know, Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Talking to a man who was paralyzed. Silver or gold. So you might, okay, wait, I'm, I'm in that category, Clint. I don't have silver, I don't have gold, I don't have a lot of money. What do I have to give? What about the fruit of the Spirit? For those of the disciples, those who got their sins cleansed away, you think about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My question for us is, what do we have to sacrifice in order for us to display these attributes? Because being patient is not easy in, in and of itself, right? We got to sacrifice something in ourselves if we're going to be patient. I got to sacrifice what my own selfishness when it comes to being patient. I was telling somebody earlier, I was like, that's one of the biggest reasons I don't want to get a pet. Because I was like, man, that's a lot of sacrifice. <laughs> you know, you want to go on vacation, you're like, no, I got to get back, man. I got to go take care of a little, little poopsie, right? You're like, oh, yeah, man, hey, you want to go out and watch another movie? No, man, I got to go back. You know, little Lassie at home, he, he waiting for me. <laughs> and for some of us, you're like, hey, amen. But for Clinton Mosley, I'm like, hey, <laughs> the pets are for the everybody else, not me. <laughs> when it comes to us spiritually, though, when it comes to the images that God has put and made through us, do we think the same way? That now, uh, I, I could go hang out with the disciples, but now my favorite show is on. You know, it's like on Netflix, so you could watch it anytime, right? And you're like, you know, but, but it's on right now. I have to turn it off to go hang out with you guys, right? <laughs> what is God trying to help you sacrifice in order to display the spiritual gifts we get from the Spirit. Is it our pride? Is it our need to administer justice sometimes? We, sometimes we don't have joy, we don't have peace, because like, no, I think things need to happen this way. And like, as I mentioned with my own, my own self, selfishness. When you're selfish, it's tough to display the fruit of the Spirit, right? When you're just thinking about yourself. Sometimes anger and bitterness. We got different things that are happening in our life that we, we just not, it's just tough to give it over to God and let him atone for that through Jesus. Sometimes we're just giving up control. Sometimes we're just not peaceful and joyous people, people because we're not willing to sacrifice our control. What is God really trying to say to us? He said, yeah, material possessions, we want to share that. But more than anything, he wants us to share what the Spirit of God has put in all of those that are his people. And if you're thinking, man, Clint, I don't think I have that spirit, come talk to me afterwards or talk to the person who invited you. Because I'm telling you, that spirit is worth it. 
It's going to be able to help us to sacrifice when we need to sacrifice. When the world says, hey, you need to build up your own kingdom, build up your own house, build up what you have. God is saying, no, it's time to give it away. Because number one, you're not going to be able to use it all. And number two, you'll be much more happy if you give as opposed to thinking about taking. Jesus had the ultimate example of how to relinquish that control, how to how to sacrifice in order to live out the fruits of the spirit, because it's a mindset change. Right. We got to change something in our mind in order to live out the fruits of the spirit. And be able to display those and to be able to let our material possessions be God's like it is. What did Jesus, what was Jesus able to do? In 1 Peter, verse 2, 23, Peter talks about Jesus not retaliating while on the cross. How was he able to do that? He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Who do you think that is? That's God. Jesus was able to go to the cross for some knuckleheads like us because he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He said, I don't even trust myself to myself. And I'm pretty sure Jesus will have some accurate judgment. But he said, no, I'm giving this to God. And what God says and what God, whatever he has written on this script, that's what I'm going to do. That's who I'm going to be. And that's our call, guys. That's why we're here. We're not here just to give some hugs and, and, and take the Lord's Supper every once in a while. No, we're here to entrust everything that we have back to God. And you're like, Cliff, what am I going to do if everything is entrusted to God? Well, I just got through reading the book of Acts in December. And that's a great example of individuals in a group and a movement, a church that entrusted everything they had to God. And guess what happened? The gospel was spread over the whole, the whole Roman territory. Where is God wanting to be spread right now? Garland, Rockwall, Heath, your high school, your middle school, your workplace, within your family tree? Where do you want God to work? Think about that. And then think about the next step of us entrusting ourselves to him who judges justly. And guys, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to what God has in store for us for 2019. I'm looking forward to uh, focusing on the cross with you guys as we read the cross of the Savior. And be able to have dialogue about what God is doing and wants to do right here. Because I'm, I can tell you this. There's still other people. There's still other people we're praying for. There's still other people that want to be in the light, that want to entrust, that want to repair relationships.
that want to know about the atoning sacrifice. We got about 140 people in here that know about it. Question is, are you going to be one of those that have the, the long forks and you're just thinking about feeding yourself? Or how I can feed others? How I can let what God has given me be a blessing for the next person? And I truly believe as we close out here, I'm going to have the worship team come up and we're going to sing a song together. As we close out here, I want us to think about that. What is God calling you to sacrifice right now? Both on the material side and on the spiritual side. What is he call, calling you to sacrifice? And my prayer is for each and every one of us, don't hold too tightly to material possessions. Because when... They go, guess what? You'll go right with it. But also, guys, as we live out the fruits of the Spirit, in order to live out that fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the, the gentleness, the kindness, the self-control, we got to give up something. We got to give up our own control. We got to give up our own selfishness, our own pride. And I will tell you this. That that atoning sacrifice that we read about earlier, it's going to be much better. Much better for us when we're telling that good news when we're living it out. And I'll leave you with three, three things. How do we ignite sacrificial living in our lives and continue that fire burning? Number one, we must remember that God sacrificed for me first. He started it. He started the good train. In his sacrifice. Number two, go and forgive others. And a lot of times we got to start with ourselves, right? Sometimes we're difficult to forgive. But find a way. Pray about it. Talk with somebody here if you're having trouble forgiving yourself. And then lastly, after we remember what God has sacrificed, when we go and forgive others, live sacrificially. Not living just for me and what I have, but living, living the life that Jesus has. Because the love that he displayed, he's calling us to live a life of that same love. And guess what? We live that way. God will get the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen.